0: Welcome to the Whole Food Vegan Podcast.
1: Exciting vegan food, no crap, no agenda.
0: Helping you enjoy a wonderfully varied, tasty, easy to prepare and nutritious whole food plant-based diet.
1: Simple tip, easy recipes and helpful hints on how to get more enticing vegan meals into your diet. Usually recorded after a bottle of Merlot on a Friday night.
0: Hello and welcome to the next edition of the Whole Food Vegan Podcast. I'm Mark.
1: Hello, I'm Sue.
0: And we have a lovely programme for you today. On the menu today, we are going to be talking about a bean chilli with homemade wraps.
1: And we're going to also talk about quiche, which again is another pie. pie. yeah, Very good! And we're also going to talk about the new format we're going to go to after this one Because uh, this is episode 10 So we're going to change things up a little bit for the next episodes onwards But we'll talk about that later in the programme
0: So we're going to talk about uh, tofu, a little tip of the week
1: And we're going to talk about some of the things we've made uh, Including ravioli, we made homemade pasta, which is amazing
0: And our ingredient of the week is going to be fresh herbs
1: So without further ado, let's crack on. What did you uh, find out this week that was of interest? Anything particular? Well, I mean, it was, we, as
0: many listeners may know, we get a vegetable box. uh, The one that we come, uh, the one we get is from Riverford. And there was a really interesting newsletter um, that Guy wrote in the Riverford uh, that that comes with each box. And this week he was talking about uh, cauliflower. And the fact that um, farmers can't just grow exactly what is to order. So classically, you know, we might think, well, I just walk into a supermarket and I pick up a cauliflower and it's nicely wrapped in cling film. And that's how it comes. And whichever supermarket we get, they just buy however many we need. But it's it's not as simple as that because the farmers can't dictate the weather and the weather decides on what grows and what doesn't. And it seems that at the moment riverford have got a glut of cauliflower and they mentioned in their box rather than let the cauliflower go to waste because they've met all of the quotas of the number of cauliflower that was contractually agreed to to be grown that um they were going to be putting cauliflowers in a lot of boxes coming up Mm. so be prepared to eat cauliflower and I just thought it was a, it was a real insight into the connection with the food that turns up on our table that the people that are growing it can't just grow X number of cauliflower because that's what we decide we want to eat. Mm. They, what dictated to them is by the weather. And a real connection with food is when we eat what the weather and this world around us provides for us rather than what we go into the supermarket and decide that we should pick off the shelves.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also connected to nutrition as well, isn't it? Because at this time of year, this is the kind of vegetables we would normally be eating because that's what's grown around us. You know, we have a, a diet that consists of vegetables you know predominantly so we want to eat seasonally because it actually provides us with more nutrition and more nutrients in the winter to eat the right vegetables lots of green leafy vegetables uh, onions leeks that kind of thing so they're really good nutritionally so eating seasonally isn't just only about supporting local farmers it's actually about eating within our dietary requirements as well and the same happened with coriander so he had a massive batch of coriander that he'd grown and it just had an excess of it so he just gave us all a load of fresh coriander which is one of the most amazing fresh herbs and we'll talk about fresh herbs later um, the other thing I saw this week which was quite interesting was the local uh, plant nursery and garden centre was using Veganuary to sell vegetable kits. So vegetable seed sowing kits, mini plugs of vegetables and they were really promoting growing your own vegetables on the back of veganery, which I thought was really interesting. Just a very clever marketing technique but also very uh i just very clever idea of getting people who are interested in vegetables in right at the beginning and supplying them with what they need to set up to be able to grow their own so i thought that was just really interesting it's just something that popped up and i guess
0: you pop down to your local plant nursery and see if they're doing a similar thing they Mm -hmm. may have a very similar initiative to help people grow in small spaces to grow perhaps indoors to grow in Tubs and pots in the back garden. And even or- on your balcony or, you know, yeah, exactly. on the windowsill,
1: like you say, you can have a couple of pots of plants growing. And that's where herbs come in really useful, actually, because they're very easy to grow and very easy to look after. Okay. So on the menu this week, uh, one of the things that you made was a bean chilli.
0: I did, and it was a, it was a bean chili. And I um, very often what happens with the way I cook is I kind of uh, I just start cooking, and I don't actually know what it's going to turn out as when I start cooking. Um, and I did that with this, so I just I just started to fry some onions. I threw in some uh, beans. Um, always good to have beans. And I thought, well, oh, I, I think I might turn it into a chili. So I put in some some chili flakes, some chili powder. Um, chocolate, you've got to have chocolate okay, in a chilli, cocoa mm. in chocolate a little bit of um, uh, maple syrup and some tomato and I just cooked it up and I thought okay well what am I going to have with my bean chilli and I thought oh, I could make some homemade wraps and it was really that, that was what I wanted to talk about was how really simple and easy it is to make homemade wraps mm. and I used Zero recipe, as is, I think, Very commonly quiet. how we cook. And <laughs> um, so I honestly don't know how much flour I used. I literally just put some flour into a bowl. I would say if this I look. This is bread flour. This is bread flour. Yeah, white bread flour. I looked at the kind of about a fistful size, I would say. Probably about a fistful size of, of flour. I put in a tablespoon-ish of olive oil. Um, some salt and pepper and then I literally just dripped in water and mixed it with a spoon until it started to come together Mm -hmm. then all I did was uh, make sure my hands were really floured so it didn't it didn't stick to my hands just got my hands in get down and dirty with it and just keep mixing it with the hands in the bowl and it eventually comes together as a nice dough once it had then come together as a dough, I floured the work surface and then really gave it a good knead, get the heel of your hand, give it a good push and a squeeze with the heel of your hand, flip it over, squeeze with the heel of the hand and I probably did that for about 10 minutes. It's it quite therapeutic yeah it's
1: good after a tough day
0: and it really comes together as a dough i then just divided it with a knife into four equal portions as the little circles put it on a floured surface rolled it out flat like really flat probably Very down thin. to one perhaps two millimeters really thin um make sure you keep turning it over so you know it's not sticking to the work surface and then i uh, sprayed a little bit a fraction of oil in a frying pan virtually dry frying pan And just chuck them in. Mm -hmm. And it probably takes one minute each side. And at the end of it, you've got these amazing homemade bread wraps.
1: And they don't puff up like puris or... No, they
0: don't puff up like puris. No, they do thicken up a little bit. They go a little bit thicker than kind of a classic um, sort of corn tortilla wrap. They're a little bit thicker than that. Um, But what was really good was they broke and pulled apart so I could... I could break and pull them apart, scoop up the bean chili. Mm. So it, it turned it into this real sort of eating with your hands kind of nice. meal, all fresh, homemade, all um, whole food, and it was it was incredible. Mm. It was and it was just really simple to do, really easy to do, and made a really different way of cooking and, and yeah. have rather than having rice or pasta. Yeah, oh,
1: that sounds really cool. Excellent. And another thing uh, we made is quiche and we both made quiche at the same time, but we were making it in different places at the same time. So we made it completely differently. So basically a standard you know, pastry recipe, as we've given you before, and you roll out the pastry and sometimes we break it blind. Sometimes we don't. It just Depends how much time we've got. And then the filling that I made into my uh, quiche was I had a load of roasted vegetables already. So I, I literally chucked them in the quiche lined with uh, sorry, in the quiche pie dish lined with the pastry I didn't pre-cook it and then I just mixed up tofu in the whizzer with a bit of soy milk and a couple of flakes of nutritional yeast and a little bit of herbs and spices and I just whizzed the tofu and this was firm tofu with the soy milk and I poured that over the top like a batter so if you can imagine that firm tofu is a kind of a grainy texture when it's mixed with milk in the whizzer and basically this then causes it to kind of cook together and the soya milk sort of solidifies a little bit and you just get this really nice almost like an egg type sort of custard that goes on top of the vegetables and I just cooked it in the oven until it was cooked and if you wanted to you could add some parmesan or some cheese like we've talked about before vegan cheese or you can just leave it plain and it was actually really nice but you did something completely different i did mm-hmm. So,
0: <laughs> excuse me so i uh made the pastry as you say we've we've checked out previous podcasts we've got a link to the after, uh, to the pastry um in the uh, previous podcasts i put mine into a, a quiche dish and i did bake it blind so just spiked a couple of holes in the in the bottom of it chucked it in an oven at 180 degrees um As with anything with our recipes, I've got no idea how long it was in the oven for, but just enough just to... Probably
1: till you finished dancing around the kitchen. Probably till I finished the latest Mm
0: -hmm. next track had finished on my playlist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just waited until it had cooked just a little bit. So just it goes off of being really soft. Um, And then what I did was I took tofu, the same as you did. Um, I... Put the tofu in the whizzer. I added some turmeric just to make it go a little bit more yellow. Mm -hmm. It just looks a bit nicer. I put in about a tablespoon of nutritional yeast. And then I thought, "Mm, I'm going to put something in here to kind of make it set a bit more solid so I can slice it as a quiche afterwards. So I put in a tablespoon of gram flour. And then I did the same as you. I turned the whizzer on and I dripped in um, soya milk until it went exactly, as you say, like a runny egg kind of battery consistency. I then took the uh, pie out of the oven, poured the quiche mixture on, and I topped mine with caramelised onions. Mm. So to make caramelised onions, I always my rule with caramelised onions is double the amount of onions you think you're going to need because you can eat so many. So I ate on my own two whole onions. I sliced them. I know, but they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Slice them. And the trick with caramelised onions is to cut the onions really slowly. So over a low heat, cooked really slowly.
1: In a sealed saucepan.
0: In a sealed saucepan, so they sweat down nicely. And then just towards the end, I put in a tablespoon of dark sugar and I use coconut sugar. And a tablespoon of um, balsamic Balsamic. vinegar, and that was it.
1: Yeah. And then I
0: put the onions on top of the quiche, whacked it back in the oven, and it stayed in the oven till it looked like it was cooked. I reckon it was probably twenty minutes to half an hour. But again, I think this is what we want to say with cooking: is we don't have to stick to a recipe. So, if you want to know if something's cooked, get it out the oven and have a look. Yeah. And if it looks cooked, so give the give the pastry a poke. Is it hard? Has it gone as brown as you want it to? Mm. Is the filling cooked? And if it's not cooked, put it back in. Yeah. If it is cooked.
1: Have another glass of take wine. It, have a,
0: <laughs> yeah, if it's not cooked, have another glass of wine. Put another track of um, music on. Have another dance around the kitchen. And then have a look and see if it's cooked.
1: Yeah, it's using your intuition a lot of the time. And that comes with experience, doesn't it? So like anything, the more you do it, the more you get used to what works and how to cut corners and what you need to cut back on and what you need to increase and where you can cut corners.
0: And I think that's where the connection with the food then comes in, that it becomes much more of a of a connected process. So we've already spoken about cauliflowers being connected to the growers and cooking what what has grown. And then when we cook the way we do, we're connected to the food. So we're not going, well, thirty minutes in the oven, that's it. Yeah. It's connect to the food. Have a look. Mm. Is it cooked? Does it look brown enough? Does it look set enough? Mm. If it does, take it out of the oven. If it doesn't...
1: Yeah. And the great thing about quiche is that once you've made it and you had it for dinner, you can either freeze what's left or you can take it to lunch the next day. It's a ready-made lunch, which is perfect. We love that. But yeah, caramelised onions is something we use quite a lot. It's good.
0: Talking of freezing,
1: yeah, good segue there. To oh the yeah, next it wasn't one. it wasn't intentional, but we were going to talk a little bit about tip of the week. This week is freezing tofu. So a couple of weeks back, we did an article or an episode about tofu, and one of the things we omitted to say was one of the techniques that we've used quite a lot. That makes a real difference to the texture of the tofu is to freeze it so tip of the, this the start again tip of the week this week is to freeze the tofu that you're going to use so you have to do this a little bit in advance so it might be that you've used half a block of tofu and you've got half a block left for example just put it in a container label it put it in the freezer until you need it the day you need it get it out of the freezer now you're not going to freeze it with any liquid in it at all so you're not going to add any liquid you're not going to take anything away you just take it out of the packet and put it in the freezer When you do this, what happens is all the little water crystals inside it, sorry, the water particles inside, freeze, obviously. And then when you defrost it, it makes more water come out of the tofu. So as you defrost it, it'll end up in a little puddle of water, and you just literally wring it out. So you
0: can it changes the texture slightly, and you're able to squeeze it a bit harder after it's frozen than you could before. So prior to freezing if you squeeze it too hard it will start to fall apart yeah but once it's frozen you can squeeze it and you'll be amazed at the amount of water that comes out
1: mm, yeah and also it makes it more absorbent bizarrely so you've taken out a lot of moisture that was already in the tofu because it is basically bean curd that's what it is but it means that once you've dried that out by squeezing it out you can then marinate it or uh, baste it in corn flour if you're going to fry it or whatever but you have more ability to transfer flavor to it so if you imagine that you're going to marinate it in say some stock or some i don't know teriyaki sauce or whatever you're going to do with it it's going to take in more liquid because it's already more dehydrated yeah because you wrung out a lot more moisture
0: think of it like a sponge so prior to freezing it's like a sponge full of water yeah and it can't take on any more water But when you freeze it, it gives you the ability to give it a squeeze. And now it's a dry sponge. Yeah. And now it will, whatever you put it into, it will suck up all of that liquid, all of that flavor into the tofu. Yeah. And then you can cook it from there.
1: Because we should mention that we did have somebody contact us after the show we did on tofu. Saying, oh, I've tried cooking the tofu and it was disgusting. It's still horrible. But when you actually said to them, well, what did you do with it? And they just, I think they fried it from just getting out of the packet and fried it. And you said, well, you know, if you don't add any flavours to it or you don't do anything to it, yes, it will just be bland and horrible. That is the nature of it. It's very versatile. But you have to know what to do with it. So we really just wanted to mention this as a technique for cooking. Um, The other reason, apart from taking on all these flavours, it actually changes the texture. It makes it quite chewy. So the longer you freeze it, probably the more chewy it will get. But it's just another way of trying to make tofu more tasty and get it more into your diet.
0: And the last time I did it, I cut it into blocks. So I cut it into blocks, ready, the size that I wanted, and I froze it in blocks.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. It's a good thing to do. Have a go.
0: So our recipe of the week uh, is ravioli.
1: Mm, We love making fresh pasta, and it's really, really simple. And, of course, if you're not a vegan, you might perhaps eat pasta that's made with egg and it's very rich and it's very easy to handle but really uh, pasta you know by its nature is quite a bland thing so if you haven't got eggs in it it doesn't matter and it's really really simple to make pasta it's really easy and it's even easier if you actually have a pasta roller so this is one of those implements that you might have at the back of the cupboard and use once or twice a year but it really does make a difference it makes it a lot easier to handle because you don't have to handle it as much you can just put it into the machine roll it take it out flour it put it back in again and it takes a lot of the hard work out of rolling it with a rolling pin
0: so we um we just took the recipe uh from um Gaz Oakley for his pasta and it's very, very simple. Um he talks about camut flour, but we didn't have any of that, so we just used uh white flour. It is important that you use pasta flour, which is a double O grade flour, it's much finer which I've we've always got in stock as a store cupboard staple. So it was literally just um, 180 grams of white flour. Then he would use 60 grams of this camut flour. So I just added extra white flour, a pinch of sea salt, four tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, and 160 mils of cold water. I put it into the bread machine on a dough cycle because I just find it easy just to make bread and things like that. So I put that in the in the dough machine. Until bread it oh, sorry in the bread machine <laughs> on a dough cycle, yeah. <laughs> until it had all come together, and then the trick with a pasta roller is that you start off rolling it thick, yeah. so don't try and roll it thin to start off with, put it to the thickest setting and I'd say i I um, took the pasta, I broke it into about four separate um, little balls of dough after um, after it had been mixed and I rolled it on the thickest setting probably about five times on the thickest then dropped it down to the next one four or five times dropped it down to the next one four or five times and doing that it gets thinner and thinner and thinner might have to add a tiny little bit of the flour to the outside to stop it sticking and It was fabulous pasta. What did we put in it?
1: So we had a load of kale, I think, that week. So we steamed the kale so it came down to virtually nothing, just over some hot water. And then we just chopped it really finely. So we blanched it in the cold water and then chopped it up. So we mixed that with, I think we had some... uh, Cheese. It was a feta type. Vegan it was yeah. it Greek crumbly cheese, yeah. And this crumbly cheese wasn't the melting one, but it would work probably equally well, if not better, with the meltable sort of white Greek cheese. Um, and it just worked really well. We just put rolled up each sheet, put it on a floured surface, put little dollops of the um, uh, the filling, the filling. So I think I put a bit of nutmeg in it as well. So I'm just thinking it was literally the cheese the cooked kale and a little bit of nutmeg and we i think cut them out with a cookie cutter so we had big yep. round uh, ravioli and stuck the edges together with a bit of rice milk or a bit of soy milk and then you literally just boil it in boiling water until it pops up to the surface i think we actually put it in the fridge for a little while before because we didn't need it as soon as we yeah. made it yeah. um and we just basically boil it for a few minutes so it pops up to the top of the surface and then we just made an ordinary sort of tomato pasta sauce to go with it didn't we Mm. and it was really really nice and one of the things i really like about homemade pasta is it's really filling so you don't actually need very much for some reason dried pasta isn't very filling but fresh homemade pasta really is and you wouldn't know if i had egg in it or not to be honest with you it's lovely so that is definitely something That is one
0: thing to watch out if you're on a vegan diet. So dried pasta will usually just be made from dried durum wheat. Mm. So that almost all, I don't think I've ever seen a dried pasta that's got egg in. But if you ever buy a fresh pasta pre-packaged in the shop, mm. it will often have egg in it. Yeah. So it's worth, it is worth checking.
1: Yeah. But now again, that's another thing that's coming into the supermarkets I've noticed is things like fresh vegan pasta, with mm. tortellini and... um things you know with nice fillings in because it it, doesn't
0: make any difference you take the egg out and it makes just as good pasta as it does with the egg in it's just
1: i think you just have the olive oil in there just to make it a bit more you know uh doughy yeah the word yeah doughy is a good word yeah you know stretchy that's the word i'm looking for yeah give a bit of elasticity
0: yeah it was it was brilliant Hmm. and you can't have fresh pasta without chucking on fresh herbs oh yeah
1: fresh herbs make such a difference it's one of the things we wanted to talk about today is ingredient of the week so we've already mentioned that we had this amazing free pack of coriander from our veg box supplier and if you're on a vegan diet you know that herbs and spices are what kind of gives a lot of flavor to the vegetables and There's a massive difference between using fresh herbs and dried herbs. Firstly, the quantities that you need are completely different. But the flavours are amazing. And using fresh herbs makes such a difference. So I've been amazed when we've had like a recipe box, for example, and they come with like two handfuls of fresh herbs to put in for two people. I'm just thinking that's crazy. That's masses and masses. But it really does accentuate the flavours and really does help. Things like parsley, coriander, um I don't know what else would be Oh yeah rose thyme yeah roasted vegetables with thyme in it or sage are oh, amazing at this time of year but you know again herbs you don't have to go and buy them from the supermarket many herbs you can grow on the windowsill you don't even need a garden If you have a garden, there's many that you can leave out in the garden to grow all year round. And something we're looking at doing for next year is actually making a proper herb garden, isn't it? Mm. So we've got a bigger supply of herbs to hand uh, because they just really make a lot of difference. to Things like pasta sauces, uh, putting on Mexican dishes, sprinkling on top of um, Indian dishes, like particularly coriander, things like that. And really worth trying experimenting a little bit put them into bread or um any of the things that you make like stews they can really make a difference to how the flavor accentuates it i just think they're amazing they bring a lot to our food
0: and a top tip for herbs and i say this because i didn't know this about herbs so i've had thyme and rosemary in the garden for a while and i've i had up until probably about three years ago i'd never used them and i'd always thought it's so time consuming with a great big sprig of rosemary picking off every single leaf even more so with time because the leaves are tiddly and it just takes ages to pick all the leaves off the stick and then i saw uh i think it was jamie oliver show how to get all the little leaves off and you literally just hold it by the end with all the leaves pointing up so you go up the top end and you run your finger down against kind of the grain of the way all the leaves are and they just go all off yep.
1: or the other way to do it is just chuck the whole thing in and take the stem out at the end you
0: can if you've got a <laughs> stew and you're going to take it out you can pull the stem yeah, out at the end yeah, yeah but if you want to leave those herbs in you've got to take that stick off yeah. and that was just a for me i was like oh that was so simple if i'd known that <laughs> i'd have been cooking the her ages
1: ago and i think basil is worth growing on the windowsill also because it's amazing to put in tomato sauces and we use a lot of tomato based stews and sauces and things like that um and apparently basil and mint and all those herbs are really good on windowsills because they deter flies Ah. Yeah, But from a sort of herbal point of view as well A lot of herbs have medicinal value. So look into it and find out what you like And what benefits it has And um, obviously just use the ones that you like But yeah, get some fresh herbs, they're amazing
0: Wonderful mm.
1: So looking forward, we're going to make a few changes What are we going to do from now on?
0: So we're going to go into um, a new phase of our podcast Which we're going to call Series 2 It's a really <laughs> a genius really name, genius. isn't it? We're going to go for Series 2 of the podcast So in the previous 10 episodes, we've been doing um, an on the menu, tip of the week, recipe of the week and ingredient of the week. And we're going to combine a lot of that together. So in future episodes, we're still going to do an on the menu, which is what we've cooked and eaten during the week. And we'll give you some recipes for that because that sticks really with one of our core values, which is to be local and eat locally and seasonally. So throughout the podcast, you'll see what we eat change. But we're going to go to a topic of the week rather than all the other bits and pieces. And the reason we're going to do that is so that it's easier to find the content you want. So to give you some examples, we're going to do episodes on breakfast. We're going to do episodes on snacks, Mexican food, tofu, cakes, bread, biscuits, nutrition, uh, Chinese food. So we're going to have a theme, really, a topic of the week each week. And next week is going to be all about...
1: Uh, beans oh yes I forgot sorry <laughs> it's going to be
0: all about beans so next week is uh, an episode exclusively where we'll talk about what we've what's been on the menu and what we've eaten during that week just so that you can see yeah. how the things change and the menu changes throughout the year but we're going to spend a whole episode talking about beans Yeah. different types of beans how you can use beans nutritional value of beans different recipes to use uh, with beans mm,
1: and also that will tie in with uh, one of the things that we've made that week um this week is the chocolate mousse which is made with aquafaba so aquafaba is a bit of a buzzword in the vegan world uh it's basically bean juice and you can do it with any bean juice so it's literally you open a tin of beans and drain the juice off and that so next yeah. week
0: we're going to give you a recipe for bean juice mousse
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and we're not <laughs> just not you're not you're not
0: selling it however it is fabulous yeah so hang around for next week's bean episode particularly bean juice mousse
1: yeah and uh, beans are just so versatile and a massive part of a healthy vegan diet so it'd be really good to cover that in a bit more detail so we hope you'll join us for that don't forget if you've missed any of the previous episodes you can listen again and download and subscribe and uh, let us know where you're listening from and how your vegan journey is going and we'll speak to you again next week see you soon Bye. bye bye
0: Thank you for listening. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to be featured on the show or to send us any comments, please email behealthy@govegan.online. at govegan.online. See you soon.